coming up on the Varsity Journal Podcast. Sorry, there's spit flying out of my mouth because I'm getting heated right now. Stop having rules, man. Just get over yourself. So joining me now, live from his car, hands-free, is Jason Masakow, otherwise known as Dark Guy. You need to understand that Dark Guy and Jason aren't the same person. The Facebook is the best way I can put it is Dark Guy is Batman and Jason is Bruce Wayne. Howie Draper is actually hands down the most successful women's junior coach in hockey, so I was very honored to have him on the show and on the first episode. I will literally find myself on the computer at 3 a.m. looking up the top table tennis players in the world. I swear this will get better. I know I dropped a couple of swears and some F-bombs, and I'm going to work on that also. What's up, dude? This is... um... This is episode one. This has been a long time coming, man. I've, I've had a lot of difficulties starting this thing up, but uh, here we are. Let's, let's do this, man. Um, so I was originally going to start this podcast a, a week ago. I had an interview with a guest, and you know I, I, I've been wanting to start this, but the big thing is I, I, I never really wanted to start this if it was just just me talking and if it was you know not going to be started off with a banger um i think there are some good guests on this episode and you know is it is it a banger i don't know about that but um you know what man i'm 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 tired of just having my toes in the water i, I want to jump in the pool a little bit as corny as that sounds. So, um, you know, I, I think today, I think it's going to be a good episode, man. Um, and I thank you guys for listening. Uh, so yeah, last week I was, I was going to start up, um, my podcast and I had a few technical difficulties to say the least. I, um, I, I had a really good interview. I was able to contact, I don't know if you guys have seen, um, the Netflix show, Last Chance You. Uh, it's a series, and season three had just come out. And it's, it's, it's a documentary. It's a you know, real-life real documentary that follows community college football teams. And, uh, well, one in particular. The first two seasons followed a community college um, by the name of Eastern Mississippi Community College, and, you know, it was, it was really good. And the reason that it's called Last Chance U is because, you know, they, this really is the student's last chance to, to have a crack at playing professional football. For whatever reason, they couldn't get into D1 schools, but these guys all have D1 uh, talent. And anyway, the, these guys, uh, for, for whatever reason, whether it's drugs or uh, not having the grades, they get sent down to play juco football and the third season came out and rather than it taking place in eastern mississippi this year it took place at a new school called independence community college and um i got a hold of somebody that was on that show and he was featured a lot throughout uh the third season unfortunately that um 
that episode never came to fruition because I'm an idiot. And if you guys don't notice, I'm speaking in a very shitty mic and, um, you know, hopefully that's not indicative of the way this episode's going to go. I hope this episode's going to be great, but yeah, the sound quality isn't tremendous and we're going to clear that up for, for future episodes. But yeah, what happened was I had a full 35 minute conversation with Jeff Carpenter and I had, you know, I did, I did a lot to get that interview. First of all, it wasn't that easy getting him. Uh, it took, took some time. It took some work. I even, you know, the guy lives in Independence, Kansas. So I had to change up my, my phone plan and I, I got a new, I got a new plan, um, where I could call long distance in the States. You know, I, I, I did a lot to get that interview and yeah, um, after the interview, it turned out that I didn't have the mic on. So if you guys know me, um, you would have uh, probably expected me to do exactly what I did, and that was take my mic and fire it through my wall, and that's what I did. And I I broke the mic, and I had to throw it in the trash. So I'm speaking on a very crappy mic, but um, you know what, man? Here we are, and, and I'm happy. I'm happy to be doing this because yeah, this is it's a long time coming. Um, you know, so many things have happened this summer and I've been wanting to talk about things, but I've, I've been held back because, you know, for whatever reason, anytime I post on Twitter, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I rant on Twitter, it won't get any traction. Granted, because I don't have a blue check mark beside my name. So, you know, I'm not shit. I'm not, I'm not shit. So, if I see somebody ranting on Twitter and they're not verified, I don't care what they're going to say. You're not anything. You're, you're just saying things. Um, I can post on Facebook and that will probably, uh, get some feedback. But if you post on Facebook, you're, you're an old person. And if I were to post on Facebook, you know, maybe my, my mom or my dad would comment on it. And yeah, that, then that kind of just, um, unvalidates any point that I was trying to make if family's commenting on your post. So here we are, man. I'm, I'm on my podcast and um, I'm breaking in your house and I'm in your ears right now. And whether there's five people listening or nobody listening, um, I'm going to make some points and at least... I can make some points without my family commenting because if you make a point on Facebook, you're probably in your 50s or 60s. I was um, scrolling through Twitter uh, yesterday and I saw that Jason Maslico had gotten hired, Jason Maslico being dark guy, I saw that he had gotten hired for NA Central Scouting and that didn't really surprise me because I knew that Jason already was a scout and I had talked to some people the last time that I spoke with him, uh, and they said that he was probably going to be signed to this company. Any central scouting, um, essentially, yeah, they're they're NHL scouts, so he's going to be scouting junior hockey players for the NHL. Um, so I saw that on Twitter, and I was like, "Hey, that's awesome!" Uh, and there was a 
there was I don't remember how I saw this tweet, but there was a tweet made, and obviously, you know, he got some backlash because he is Dart Guy, and he was made famous because he showed up on a jumbotron um, with a cigarette in his mouth, and to a lot of people that was very funny. And he kind of became the unofficial mascot of the Leafs during their playoff run last year um, before they inevitably lost to the Caps. But, uh, you know, so anyway, I'm just I'm going to read the tweet and then I'll, I'll explain. I'll explain it after. So there is a tweet made by this woman and. She says, Dart Guy is getting multiple jobs in hockey with a resume of, in quotes, went viral for smoking a cigarette with bad face paint, end quote. While women with both education and experience can't get jobs in sports. So obviously this tweet is a comment on the fact that there is an equal opportunity in the world of professional sports when it comes to women trying to get a job in this field. And to a certain extent, she does have a point. But so Jason, may, he, he replies and he says, I'm a huge supporter of women in sports and equal rights across the board. It's unfortunate that you make the assumption I have no education or experience and turn this into a gender issue but I wish you all the best and look forward to seeing you in the NHL one day. Hashtag follow your dreams. So, you know, Jason, he's taking the high road here and, um, you know, he's not giving her what she wants. So you would expect that any normal person would just accept that and move on. But, oh no, 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 no. She's not even close. She's not even close to being done because her next tweet is is this quote tweeting to send your, to your misogynistic followers directly to my mention certainly shouts I support women. So this is her point. Her point is essentially saying that because Dark Guy responded to her message, he's a misogynist and he has misogynistic followers because she was getting negative backlash because if Dark Guy responds then what he's doing is he's allowing everybody, he's allowing more people to see this tweet because he has more of a following. So she's saying that he's a misogynist simply because he responded to the message. So this, this is what I don't get, dude. This is what I don't get. How the fuck are you supposed to ever stand up for yourself if there's a rule saying that you're not even allowed to respond to somebody because if you do respond to somebody and then other people, your followers, they see your response, that makes you a misogynist because they you're having negative backlash against, against something they're saying. Dude, come on, man. And... So somebody somebody responds to her and he says, it really sounds like you never liked his popularity in the first place and now have 
some menial thing to be outraged about. You're fighting systemic sexism in the wrong way. And she responds to this person, I know this is a wild concept, but men don't get to tell women how to fight against sexism. Dude, why does this girl have so many fucking rules? Stop having rules, man. Just get over yourself. And after these tweets, there's a shitstorm that brews. I don't even know where this is going, but this girl has lost any any point that she was trying to make. She's going off the rails because I'm, I'm trying to find this one tweet on her page right now that I was trying to read, and I, I literally I couldn't even read it when when I read this tweet. I literally felt like. I was trying to read this tweet to my girlfriend and I literally felt like the dumb kid in class that that is asked to read by the teacher and he's just like stuttering the entire time reading the book and like everyone's just secretly laughing about it. Um, here, here's one. Lads, I've been condescendingly lectured on my professionalism by Twitter jabronis since last night, but this dude gets to subtweet me, welcoming his flat followers to pile on and that's chill. Love it. Sports are great. Okay, so this she's referring to... Steve Dangle, because Steve Dangle, um, he responded. No, he didn't even, he didn't respond. Actually, Steve Dangle literally just tweets out this. He says, this place is literally just where people go to be mad. It had, you know, not even necessarily talking about this issue. He literally just makes that tweet and dude, guess what she says? This is her tweet to to Steve Dangle at me next time like what didn't you just say that anybody that that's a negative thing to directly respond to somebody sorry there's spit flying out of my mouth because I'm getting heated right now so you know I don't. I, I don't. Want, I don't want to talk about this girl anymore. Um, but okay. No. 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 Sorry. Sorry. I, I found the. Uh, I found the tweet that I was trying to read that she made that where I. You know. I, I was trying to read it to my girlfriend and I was just like one of those stuttering, um, dumb kids in grade school trying to read a book. Um, this is her tweet, and I'm gonna sound so stupid again, like trying to read this out. But here it is. Like to say. These are the same is to miss the entire point that has been reiterated by people with even the smallest modicum of reading comprehension that one tweet is calling out a sexist culture exemplified succinctly in one man and the other is Dangle being a coward. What the fuck does that even mean? I don't even know what that means, dude. Oh my god. Anyway... There's just a shitstorm that that brews after this whole thing with Dark Guy and you know Steve Dangle then somehow gets involved to this whole thing. Um, but you know what? Here's here's my interview with Dark Guy. Have a listen. This is what he had to say about the whole thing. So joining me now, live from his car, hands free, is Jason Masakow, otherwise known as Dark Guy. Um, Jason, thank you uh, for allowing me to do this, and congratulations, man, on, on your new position as a scout for any central scouting. Uh, thank you very much, and thanks for all my What What was it like for you when, when Mark Seidel gave you the call and asked you to be a part of the team? 
you know, it's, it's pretty surreal. Uh, the way I started out with everything and uh, just to be grinding out and having a dream to make it to the NHL, uh, hopefully with the Toronto Maple Leafs one day, but if it yeah. happens to be somebody else, so be it. Uh, having him call me was, uh, and offer me a position with North American Central Scouting was uh, a dream come true. So the last time that we spoke was at the TDP Showcase Tournament in Toronto, and I was writing a story on you because you were behind the bench for one of the teams, and I learned that you were a scout for the Aurora Tigers, which is a junior A hockey club, and I spoke with Jim Thompson, who's the owner of the Aurora Tigers, who I believe introduced you to Mark Seidel. Is that all accurate? Uh, no, as a matter of fact, I had the opportunity to meet Mark Seidel when I was up in February. Uh, at the Dallas Cup scouting for the Tigers. Uh, and as a matter of fact, Mark was actually the GM of the Junior A team that I played for back uh, in the Northern Ontario Junior A League back in 1999-2000, uh, uh, the Eskimole Eagles. Okay, okay. So maybe Mark just lied to me a little bit there. But uh, so... Talk to me about the time that you and Mark first met, and what did he tell you about any central scouting that made you get on board and say, yeah, this is the company I not only want to work for, but, you know, scouting for NHL teams is something that I want to do for the rest of my life. Well, I tell you, uh, as a kid growing up, I had the same dream as most other Canadian kids. You know, I wanted to be a hockey player. Uh, I grew up watching Hockey Night in Canada Saturday night, uh, walking around at dawn from my couch. And uh, I was always on a hockey bed. My dream was to be a player. Unfortunately, uh, making it to the NHL as a player didn't quite work out for me. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I got into the workforce to be a, to be a contributing member of society. But that desire and that love for the game never went away. And uh, I just started thinking of ways that I would be able to maybe have a second chance to fulfill a lifelong dream and uh, scouting uh, was something I felt I could do and uh, I felt uh, I could excel at. So it didn't take very much swaying from from Mark t- to get you into this industry? No, no. Basically the phone call went, uh, hi Jason, it's Mark. I'm thinking about uh, bringing you on to North American South Scouting and what do you think about that? Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a very quick yes, uh, thank you very much, and when do I start? What, what exactly will you be doing with NA Central? So I will be scouting uh, for the NHL draft and for the OHL uh, priority selection draft. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Um, little do people know, I actually broke that story because I was the one that first announced that you were going to be potentially working as an NHL scout because that's what uh, Jim Thompson told me. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You did have the exclusive, and uh, yeah. uh, you broke the story on that long before Mark actually announced it. <laughs> and long before anyone cared, and that's why I'm kind of kicking myself now, because I didn't know how much backlash you were going to get. So here's my thing. Sure, you're working as an NHL scout, and that's a big story in its own right, but you were already a scout before, and, and anyone that knows you knows that this is a job that you work for and you deserve, not to mention the fame that being, you know, dark guy, that, that doesn't translate to an ability to, to analytically break down what's happening on the ice, and it doesn't come with a set of eyes that allow you to decipher who can potentially be a future NHL player and who can't. So were, were you surprised with all of this feedback that you got online with everybody saying that, you know, 
because you're dark guy, this is why you're getting the job. Well, you know, I, I wish I could say I was, but uh, Ryan, I really wasn't. Unfortunately, the way of the world and that social media these days is for as good as social media can be for uh, many different reasons, it can be bad for equally as many. And um, unfortunately, there are people out there who just aren't happy unless they're complaining. And I fully, fully expected there to be some negative backlash. Now, with that being said, uh, you know, it was 95% positive. It was a very small right. majority of people that uh, wanted to twist it into something else or, or say that, you know, uh, Dark Guy got a job handed to him because he had a, his face painted. Well, all I have to say to those people is if you truly believe that, then you really don't know how it works. Mm-hmm. These, these companies need to have credible scouts or else they're going to go under. Nobody is getting a job or no independent scouting company is offering somebody a job unless they have the credentials to back it up. There were some amazing things, and when I say amazing, I kind of say that ironically, that, w- that were written online. And if, if you're cool with this, I just kind of want, I'm going to sit I'm going to break this down a little bit. So if you just want to sit tight for a second, it all started with this woman who wrote on Twitter saying that your hiring by any essential scouting was a negative thing because there are more deserving people out there, namely women who can't get a break in the field of professional hockey, to which you responded that you simply respect women and that you are an advocate for equal rights. And somehow this made you, Jason Masticow, a non-supporter of women for simply responding to her on Twitter because by doing so, you're essentially opening up the floodgates for your, in quotes, misogynist followers. Her words, not mine. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, you know, that's a scenario where uh, I, I, I tried to take a, a situation that was being portrayed very negatively and, you know, 90% of the time, I will ignore that stuff. Uh, but every once in a while, you do have to defend yourself and stick up for yourself. And uh, that was one of those scenarios where I, I felt I really needed to say something. And I was hoping that perhaps she would, you know, uh, take the time to get to know me and let's have a hockey conversation. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, let, let me have the opportunity to prove to you that I actually do know the game and that maybe I am worthy. And unfortunately, uh, it seemed like there was no response I could have given the young lady that was going to make her happy. And by all means, uh, by all means, uh, clearly she has an agenda and uh, she's entitled to that. So uh, I still respect her opinion, even though I disagree with it. Jason, you're always taking the high road, man. And, and I was happy to see on Twitter, I think it was not too long after that, you made a comment about you go, getting in the the male modeling industry, and that, that made me laugh a little bit. But, you know, I, I, <laughs> I doubt that you read further on, but she actually got into, uh, after she called you a misogynist, she ranted about how trans people of color aren't able to get into to the job industry, um, and Steve Dangle somehow got involved. And as all of this was going on, I think I was more confused than anybody, so I actually did have to, to write it down. Um, because I had no idea what was going on. But I think the fact that you that you were hired, I think that we can separate that from the fact that uh, women aren't really necessarily given equal opportunity in, in, in this industry. 
And I, I think you made that clear that um, that your agenda supported women for equal rights. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, the young lady, uh, you know, in question here, she has every right uh, to, to have her opinion on, on women in sports. And I have to agree with what she was saying to the certain extent that while there has been advancements uh, in opportunities given to women or, or minorities, uh, it probably still isn't on par. Now, I don't have any statistics to back that up, but I fully understand uh, that that it's, it's still going on in sports today, whether people want to admit it or not, uh, that it might be a little bit easier for men. And she's not wrong. However, I think she could have made that point without uh, claiming I was uneducated and inexperienced. So uh, I guess there's what I'm getting at is there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. And it's okay to have an agenda, and it's okay to want to stand up for something, but there's a right and a wrong way to do it. Absolutely. And, you know, there's a, there's a series coming up this weekend. There's a Canada-USA uh, under-18 uh, series that is happening this weekend, and I, I would have liked if, you know, may, maybe she would have mentioned that at all or anything, but I think... I think her agenda was to, to call you a misogynist or something, and I, I don't think that there was anything that you you were going to be able to do about that. But let, let, let's move on from that. Um, does does this kind of stuff make you motivated to, to work hard and shut these people up? Uh, truth be told, I'm, I'm pretty motivated already. Uh, I, I have a goal to work in the NHL, and uh, I, I can drive myself, but... Uh, every once in a while, one of these uh, one of these uh, scenarios that play out on social media uh, does just give me a little grin on my face, where I do say, you know what, I'll prove these people wrong. So by all means, to a certain extent, it, it does fuel the fire a little bit. I think you've already proved a lot of people wrong, Jason. Uh, you you went from a guy in a working in a Toyota plant, and you're, you're now going to be scouting for for potential NHL players. stuff get underway with with uh, in, in regards to you working for North American Central Scouting? When do you officially well, start? The, the job for me started the day he, uh, Mark Seidel, called me. Uh, however, uh, basically the, the official start of the scouting year is the Halinka, Halinka Gretzky Memorial Tournament that uh, just took place. So um, I was up in my camp. Uh, I, I unfortunately couldn't be there in person, but I watched about 95 That series was incredible, eh? I I don't know how you can top that. There was so there was you some know, insane moments in that in that tournament. That whole tournament, uh, I think I, it, I'm so happy to see it being televised finally. 
the hockey that's played there is, is second to none for that age group. But I mean, you are looking at the first, you're getting the first opportunity to see these uh, draft eligible players before the before their season starts with their regular teams, before the World Juniors come along. And for a scouting perspective, that's very beneficial because we are able to get a glimpse of somebody right from the get of the start of the season and we can follow them and see how they've developed in, in their skill, in, in their poise, and it's a very valuable tool for the scouts uh, to, to start setting that bar and seeing how much these players can raise it uh, as they move forward in the season. And it was not only televised just the games, but they were also, like, you saw much of the highlights consisted of the Gretzky Cup on Sportsnet, on TSN, and I think a lot of that had to do with the level of play. And I, I don't know if if the series this weekend is going to be televised, but I hope it is, but there's a under-18 women's series versus the States. There's a best two-out-of-three tournament happening this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I, I'm, not, I'm not certain if it's televised on any of the major networks. Um, I guess the one thing you can look into is perhaps maybe hockey TV uh, might be covering it. I'm not too sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if, if, if one of the major networks isn't, perhaps hockey TV is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jason, thanks a lot for joining me again. I got, I got one more for you. Um, are you going to keep us posted throughout this journey, or do you think you're, you're going to be a little too busy for Twitter now that you're getting called up to the big leagues? Uh, no, you know what, Ryan? Um, uh, my, my, my following on Twitter has, has helped me in so many different ways that people could never imagine. It wouldn't be fair for me to bail on everybody now. Uh, I look forward to uh, sharing my journey on social media with uh, everybody that supports me and uh, even those that don't. Thanks a lot, Jason. This was fun, man. Let's uh, let's do this again sometime. I want to catch up with you and see how everything's going maybe a couple months down the road. You know what, Ryan? I'd enjoy that. You feel free to call me anytime, my friend. So that was Jason Maslico, otherwise known as Dart Guy. And, uh, yeah, he's going to be... He's going to be an NHL scout, and, it, and that, that's crazy, man. It's crazy how his life has changed in a matter of a year. He, he goes from working in a Toyota plant, and, you know, he worked his ass off in, um, in junior hockey scouting, and uh, now he's going to be scouting, scouting for NHL teams, and that, that's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy how, how things work, you know, and, how everything worked for him, um, you know, it's, it's funny, you know, that you know, my first episode, I didn't expect it to largely consist of talking about a girl on Twitter, but, you know, it's just, it's, it's so annoying, man, that, that this, this is just the way that things are these days. People literally just say things to say them because they think that it sounds right, but there's not necessarily any substance behind it. You know, this girl, she literally went on a full-on rant about how trans people of color aren't getting jobs in the field of professional sports, and this all stemmed from Jason being an NHL scout and getting this new job. Like, the two literally have nothing to do with each other. If Jason took a job away from a trans person of color or even said something negatively about them, or said something negatively about women, 
then sure, there is something there. But how, how the two are even used in the same sentence is beyond any rational explanation. But you know, uh, like, like Jason said, there's this, this girl is simply there to complain and you know, she's, she's probably not happy doing otherwise. So, you know, she, she claims to know a lot about hockey and the business and that she's this huge advocate for equal opportunity, but I actually scanned her Twitter and she didn't have anything. She didn't mention a a single thing about the upcoming Canada versus USA series this weekend. You know, which, which is interesting because you would expect someone that, that acts so supportive of females in professional hockey to actually give a shit about women's hockey. So while she didn't know anything about the series this weekend, Jason Maslico, the apparent misogynist, knew exactly what I was talking about. And, um, you know, I was very happy uh, that we did get to talk a little bit about that because... My upcoming guest is the head coach of the women's under-18 team, Howie Draper. Uh, Howie Draper is actually hands down the most successful women's junior coach in hockey. So I was very honored to have him on the show and on the first episode. Howie Draper began working at the University of Alberta, where he's the women's head coach there. He's won a total of eight CIS championships, which is the record for most women's hockey titles in Canada by any university. Howie, Howie's a machine, man. This, this guy, he's, he's literally the best in his craft. And that's why I think that it was very, very cool of him to join me on the show. And he's my next guest who joined me on the podcast to talk about the upcoming series that starts tonight versus the United States. Um, yeah, so if, if you're ready to get into it, I guess my first question is, um, you know, last week the, uh, the, the men competed in, in the Gretzky Cup, and I thought that was exciting as hell. And I imagine that you and the rest of the team, you especially, considering it was hosted in, in Edmonton, um, yeah. did you guys watch that, that tournament? And, you know, how do you top that? How do you top that this weekend? Oh, well... I, uh, I see the, the angle you're coming at. I, I wish that we had time to sit and watch some of that hockey. We all, to be honest, we've been so busy that um, TV has really been the last thing that we've been able to. I've seen a few of the highlights, um, but obviously it's very exciting mm-hmm. for the, uh, the men to do that well. And, and I think the standard uh, for Canadian hockey is that, that we excel and, and uh, we strive for um, for success at, at the tournaments, and so that's obviously something that we want to try and match. I thought that that tournament had a lot of positive coverage, and you being a junior hockey guy, I think you might be able to agree. I know you, you didn't watch a lot of the tournament because you're obviously preparing for, for this weekend, um, but I thought it might have had to do with maybe the level of play. It was just so exciting, and you know, not to mention that double overtime win versus the States. Uh, I was wondering if you had a chance to talk to the team maybe about that and if if that double overtime win against the States motivated you guys at all. Well, again, I, it's uh, something that we really haven't had a chance to focus on. And, um, you know, I, we've, we've all heard about heard about that. And obviously, it's very exciting and it's great to hear 
uh, our fellow teams do so well, and we want to have we want to have a similar kind of result in, in uh, our tournament. But to be quite frank, this uh, this tournament that we're we're taking part in right now, or the series against the U.S., is, is strictly that we want to. I mean, obviously, the outcome that we want is we want to win, but it's more about developing our team. It's about um, helping our players become comfortable with uh, with the systems and the style of play that we want to that we want to play the game with, and um, you know, hopefully, uh, but if if we can get there, if we can come together as a team and start to grow as a team, that's that's kind of the main objective and our, our big focus as worlds. Earlier this summer, Howie, uh, you were asked to coach the under eighteen women's. Uh, World Cup in 2019. What did that mean for you? Uh, it was an honor. I think, you know, there's, there's so many great coaches around Canada coaching in this female game. It's very exciting. I think, you know, over the years, more and more quality people and, and uh, quality teachers and coaches are coming in and taking part in, in the program. So it's, um, so we're, you know, I, Selected, I think, is a huge honor, um, and it's also very exciting. You know, I, I love short-term competition, and um, I've had a chance to um, to be on a couple of short-term teams, provincially and nationally, and, and it's always it's always a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun growing together, and you know, you know, being part of a unit, a leadership group that's that's really working to try and get the, the players moving in the same direction. So it's uh, you know that challenge. And, uh, Howie, you've had this illustrious coaching career in junior hockey. Uh, you've been with the University of Alberta since 1997, and you guys are coming off another CIS championship with the team. You know, no one has been more successful, I think, in women's junior hockey than yourself. What other goals do you have left to achieve in this sport? Thanks again, Howie, um, for, for joining me. I, I got one more here for you. Um, yeah. the, the last Under-18 World Cup, uh, it was a thriller, and Canada inevitably lost to the States in a shootout in the semifinals. Is the motive uh, for this weekend, Is it? do you guys kind of see it as a re- redemption for the club at all?
know, we're we're trying to come together as as a unique unit um, that's within the uh, you know the spectacular arena that that hockey Canada exists in. So um, we want to forge our own identity, and so it's not really about what happened last year. It's not it's not really about what's going to happen next year. It's about what we want to achieve right now. Thanks again, Howie. Um, I, I can't wait to watch this weekend, and um, I wish you guys the best of luck. Great. Thanks, Ryan. Hopefully we'll, uh, we'll get a chance to chat with you again. That was Howie Draper. Uh, he will be coaching the Team Canada women's under-18 team, and you can catch the first game of that at 7 p.m. Eastern time. That was, that was cool, man. It's, it's an honor to talk to a guy like that. Um, and I, I look forward to talking to him after after the series this weekend. But uh, yeah, man, it, it was it, it's cool that um, a guy like Howie Draper joined me on the first episode. Uh, and you know, obviously, I look forward to talking to more, a lot more people in the field. The further we go along with this podcast, but you know, I, I appreciate the opportunity that guys like that, you know, will give me the time of day. Um, and Jason Massico also. But yeah, man, that's that's cool. J- um, Howie Draper, he's he's the best at what he does. He's literally the best at what he does. He has won eight championships in 21 years. That's that's a feat that not a lot of people can accomplish. And the fact that he's doing that in a university sport, that I think that that shows, you know the school is successful because of him and what he does and not any particular player necessarily. Uh, but yeah, you know, uh, I had another guest that was going to come on today, Lucky Powa, who's the coach of Team Canada's Little League team. Um, but he's actually not even with the team right now. He's out dealing with a family issue back in Vancouver. Back in Vancouver. So hopefully he will... He will eventually get out to Williamsport, Pennsylvania, where the Little League tournament gets underway this weekend. Um, yeah, no, I, I'd, I'd love to talk to him. Uh, he, he, he was very accommodating with the interview, and I, I gave him a call, and he was, you know, he, he was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with this family issue, and I'm not even with the team right now. And I was like, oh, deal with that, man. Uh, and hopefully I'll, I'll get a chance to talk with him, but, you know, I, I love the Little League World Series, man, uh, and one of the reasons that I love the Little League World Series so much is because of the time, uh, that it happens in, and it's, it's in the summer where not a lot is happening in the world of sports, and the coverage of it is amplified because of that, um, and it actually becomes a bigger deal solely due to the fact that, you know, these are what they call the dog days of summer, and sports coverage is, is wide open. The dog days of summer, man, that's, that was something that my boss would always say to us every day last year. I, I was working this internship, and, and we would try and come up with stories every day, and his thing was always, you know, these are the dog days of summer, so it's you know, so difficult to come up with certain stories. Honestly, man, as, as a true sports fan, I think that sentiment couldn't be further from the truth because I love those random stories that you wouldn't otherwise hear uh, only because of the fact that it, it's happening 
where there's not a lot going on. Like I remember last year, the fact that OJ Simpson, you know, was was back. That that was like, that started up. On. That was like the big news in Sports Center. That's like what opened the show, and and that was the big news on Sportsnet. And you know, obviously the, it's a big story. And it, you know that O.J. Simpson was back out of court, but is that a sports story? No, not necessarily. And would that have, would that have opened up Sports Center or Sportsnet, uh, at the end of October? At the end of October, when you have all four sports going on and you're in the heat of the World Series? No, I don't think it would. So, you know, I I love that. I love that about the summer. And I actually get so mad when, at people who constantly complain in the summer that nothing is ever going on and they on TV and they can't wait for football or hockey to start up again because, because there's nothing ever to do. Because you know what, man? Like Naturally, as a sports fan, your interests should just naturally gravitate towards something else. Like In mid-July, if there's no golf majors on TV, I will literally find myself on the computer at 3 a.m. looking up the top table tennis players in the world. You know, or I'll be on YouTube watching videos of who the top horse racers are. You know, because to me, that that shit excites me. Um, As a sports fan, my interest towards something, they just kind of naturally happen. You know, I I had a buddy of mine who asked me not too long ago, because he knows that I'm a, uh, I'm I'm big into MMA and and combat sports and boxing and that, that kind of thing. And, and he was asking me, you know, like, how, how do I naturally, or how do I get into to boxing? Like, what, how, how do I start? And, you know, gr- you know that, that's a pretty valid question because starting up something isn't, I, there probably is a way that certain people do it, but for me, it's, it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't take work. It. I'm just a big sports fan, man, and it's just something that naturally happens. Like, when, when I was finishing my undergrad er, earlier this year, I, I wasn't studying for exams and stuff because I was, I, I was researching stuff about sports, and, you know, I wasn't working at doing that. It's just something that I kind of naturally happened, and that, that's another reason why I wanted to start this podcast was because, um, you know, I... This isn't really work for me. This is just, I, I love doing this. And I, I, I really look forward to, to talking with more people in this field. And hopefully I'll get even bigger guests. But, uh, you know, the two guests that came on today were awesome. And, uh, you know, I'm very thankful for them coming on to the show. Um, you know, I, this summer I actually became a fan of of fucking soccer, man. It all started with the World Cup, and and then I I started following Premier League, and I just started looking shit up online, and you know now I literally I find myself reading soccer news every day, and that was something I never thought could happen because I still hate everything that soccer stands for, but it's just competition, man. And for whatever reason, I just my brain just naturally gravitated towards that, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily call myself a soccer fan just yet, but, um, you know, it's slowly happening, which is, which is weird because that's something that I never thought would happen. You know, it's just, it's an obsession. Uh, it's, to me, sports is just an obsession, and 
you know, that kind of just happens very naturally and just takes control of your body. But uh, yeah, that's, that's about it, man. Thank you guys for tuning in. I swear this will get better. Uh, I'm going to fix up this mic issue. Uh, and you know what? I'd love some... I'm not the best at taking criticism well, but this is one time where I would actually love some feedback from some of you guys who have done podcasts before. You know, I, I know I dropped a couple of swears and some F-bombs, and I'm going to work on that also. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening, guys. And... Remember, don't have so many rules and don't be so offended all of the time. I'm out. <laughs>